0: Thank you.
1: Have to force myself into something different because I'm used to hitting record and going into the good evening portion of my introduction, and this is not an evening at the movies. But I will say this: welcome to episode two of Literature Reapers with Casey, Amanda, and Shanna. This is the literature podcast where we get deep into the dark shit and have a lot of fun breaking down and analyzing. All of our favorite stories and books and even possibly discovering some new undiscoverable trademark 2023 literature masterpieces i am casey your number one reaper i am also joined by the other two amanda say hello amanda
0: hello amanda hello, amanda, hello, amanda. I, oh my
1: god, I'm going to learn my damn lesson eventually one day.
0: No, you won't. I don't think you will.
1: No, it's been two and a half years of us doing this together. Shit ain't going to fucking change. Uh, we are also joined by the other Reaper herself, Miss Shan. Uh, banana, say You her- can
2: just call me the Reaper Creeper.
1: Because <laughs> she is, but that's why we love her.
2: I really am a top-tier creep.
1: Ask, Pe- <laughs> Ask Pedro. Need I say more? <laughs> For real.
2: Uh, okay. Pedro Pass calendar.
1: Okay, Ben Affleck creeper. Whatever. But at the same time, I can't judge because I have my Kelly Clarkson creepiness, so it is what it is. We all have our creepiness, but yay! One month later, welcome back to Our favorite, well, one of our favorite podcasts because we all have multiple podcasts that we do because we're multiple type people. So, um, would you all like to let our listeners who may not be listening on the other sources know where else they can find you guys in the podcast universe? Sure. Um... Have you had a gummy the way you sound? no okay
0: i'm tired i've been i was like outside pulling weeds and trying to clean up and arguing with abby about cleaning her room i'm just tired (laughs) sorry um yes i can be found um on the sip list podcast which is a show that i host and have guests and we do top five countdowns um you can also find me with casey on an evening at the movies and with shanna Um, which I'll let her talk about that show. Amanda and I have this little true
2: crime podcast that we like to call Crime Rewind. Uh, We're getting ready to bring it back after a little hiatus, but we drop every Tuesday morning, um, and you can find us anywhere you get your true crime podcast fix.
1: And here's the long and the short of it. When we are on, the three of us are on our game, Monday is Literature Mondays, when we got Literature Reaper episodes ready to go. Tuesdays is true crime. Tuesdays, Wednesdays is movie mu- 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 new release movie. Mu- Wednesdays, Thursdays is freaking the Sip List. We got the whole freaking week covered, and we're Amanda and I. Pretty much every week have shit coming up with freaking master debaters and the network, and that normally comes out Fridays. So you could have, have
2: us in your world every day of the week.
0: Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah, you could.
1: <laughs> Thanks to our freaking having no life and finding a love in podcasting. So, I would
2: say that's a yeah. life.
1: Yeah. It is. A so life we be, love. At the end of the day, we don't have a social life. So we have our social life together and our books and our movies and our fucked Murders. up crime stories. Yep. You guys bring to Crime Rewind. Hashtag
2: Booger Red. (laughs) What? Okay, so I was watching this documentary yesterday called How to Create a Sex Scandal. Oh Oh, Lord.
1: I've seen that on fucking streaming.
0: Was it written by Bill Clinton?
2: No. So I thought I was like, cool. I can create a sex scandal of my own and become an internet sensation. So I get okay, into girl. it and I'm like, hopefully. But then I find out that it's not about, like, it's not an instructional documentary.
0: Ah, oh, shit.
2: I know. I was like, what the hell? It turns out it was, like, this foster family that adopted kids and then, like, groomed them to lie about their birth parents and, like. Wow. Wow. Like, how to create, like, a sex scandal. There was, like, a a swingers club um, that turned into a daycare. And this guy, his name, the whole time I'm thinking it's Booker Red. Because I was like, but I kept hearing Booger in my own ears. (laughs) And then I saw on the captioning his name was actually Booger Red. Like, that was his nickname. So then I'm like, I want to know the story behind it. But then, like, I don't. Like, what kind of person do you have to be to be like, my life sucks enough that people can call me booger and I'm just going to
0: take it? Well, I mean, you got that kid in Revenge of the Nerds. Maybe he could help you out. Oh,
1: maybe. <laughs> oh, dear God. Wow. The things you learn when the Reapers get together to talk discuss. Before we get going into the episode really quick, I do want to announce that I have the name of the winner of the Mysterious Disappearing How to Sell a Haunted House book that I lost six months ago, and the winner and first person to review our last episode was Miss Original an evening at the movies icon herself, Miss Brandy Flaherty. So congratulations, Brandy, on winning Woo! your very first prize from well, the first prize ever from Literature Reapers. And at the end of the day, there probably will be more because I Casey will lose more will lose more books. <laughs> I always lose more books. And at the end of the day, when I got home from the hospital, I knew where like that Jody whatever 19, whatever book that Amanda recommended I read. You know uh, which one nine, I'm talking about.
0: 19 minutes. Yeah the, fucked up,
1: yeah. the fucked up one. I was going to sit down and read it. And then like two weeks later, I have no idea where I had seen it. So I'm currently working on tearing the house apart, looking for it. But at the same time, it's like, eh, we've got a third read coming up and I've got other stuff I can read as well. So I'll stumble across it eventually. It's not like it's a priority. So, again, congratulations, Brandy. And with all that said and done, we are here to discuss the 1986 John Grisham Fucked Up Story, (laughs) for lack of a better term, released by Winwood Press. We're going to be discussing... Amanda street racing outside her house. Yeah. (laughs) Here's what we'll do.
2: Anytime a street racer goes by, I'll just pretend like I tooted. Okay.
1: (laughs) How did I know that was going to (laughs) come? It is what it is. Long story short, and you'll probably get the explanation on why I think, yeah, definitely too late. Why that's funny and hilarious and ironic at multiple other times. But we will be discussing... A time to kill. Which I know we're discussing literature and not the movies, but oh my God, what a freaking cast of all casts the movie adaptation had. Oh, Isn't yeah. It? For freaking real? McC- McC- McCona- McConaughey, Sam Jackson, Sandra Bullock, Kevin Spacey, Donald Sutherland, Kiefer Sutherland,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, Ashley Judd, mm-hmm. Wow. Oliver
0: Incredible. Platt. Love oh, that too.
1: Oliver Platt. Oliver Platt.
0: um, I have such a crush on him He's He's
2: such a doll He just sounds Looks like he would be so much fun Yeah I loved him in Disney's Three Musketeers He used to have the huge crush on Chris O'Donnell too
1: I loved him in WCW's Ready to Rumble
0: Is is it Chicago Med that he's on? Yeah Yeah, Yeah. I love him as that psychiatrist Yeah I love Oliver Platten especially in this movie I love his character he was also
2: good in Lake Placid I loved him in that yeah. one
0: <laughs> Lake Placid is a is a
2: it's an icon
0: <laughs>
2: Betty white
1: again hasn't been yet recommended for anything at the movies but I'm sure someday it will be and I will gladly and well I, I being myself and Amanda will gladly take that movie on as well and discuss watch and Break apart for your listening pleasures. Um, I wanted to, s-
0: I wanted to say real quick. I know we were talking about it a minute ago. Um, if if we want to continue that tradition, at least for our second episode, I have a copy of A Time to Kill that we can give away.
1: I mean, at the end of the day, why so, not? I mean, yeah.
0: It's a it's, it's not, a hard it's a it's a paperback it's like a mass market paperback but still
2: it's a it's a book it's a books are magic
0: it's a free book exactly it's a, it's
1: a book that is not a little rectangular electronic device
2: mm-hmm.
1: called a Kindle or tablet or whatever you use cell phone this is a thick the,
0: ass Ooh, she thick paperback paperback so yeah.
1: I actually had that edition before. It got so lost.
0: Anyway. We put a freaking it. bell on all your books.
1: I know. Air tags. <laughs> I know where each and every one of my Stephen King books is, though. So, haha.
0: Okay.
1: And well, I know where my King books are. I know where.
2: Yeah, when you've King... bought nineteen copies of each, find one eventually.
1: Not all of them are 19. I mean, there's like six versions of The Shining. um, Nine versions of The Green Mile. um,
0: I have 12 copies of The Shining. I have one.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Shanna isn't as obsessive as we are about the Stephen King.
0: Well, The Shining's the only one that's like that for me, but...
1: So... Before we get into the discussion esque part of the show, would either of you like to tip your hat at conveying to the listeners the plot of this amazingly fucked up story? I mean I'll give Shannon,
2: it a Okay, go for it. So it starts off in the deep south, Texas, I believe, isn't it? Deep, deep,
1: deep. Uh, uh Alabama.
2: Oh, close enough. Either
1: way, it's all inbred, and it's all the same freaking place. Hey. Are,
2: there's banjos in both states. Moving on. So...
1: Ding, 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 ding.
2: There's this really poor town. You know, It's kind of got white hillbillies and you know, poor white folk, poor black folk, very segregated. And this little girl comes home beaten and, and assaulted, and turns out it's a couple of white gentlemen who are not gentlemen rednecks do not call them
0: gentlemen (laughs) i was
2: using the term very loosely who got drunk and set out to do some hillbillery and they attacked Mm -hmm. her and then the dad kills them and it's basically the trial of a poor black man in the deep south who killed members of the white community who have relatives in the KKK and you know it's just about the racial the you know racial tensions and divide in the deep south. Free Carly.
1: Free Carly. In our personal world it's also referred to as Free Amanda. Hashtag Free Amanda. But we won't get into Amanda's institutionalization from Facebook jail.
2: I'm going to start sending her cakes with nail files in it.
1: <laughs> right? I
0: like it. I like it.
2: Sweet. I just got a news break, by the way, that Prince Harry has contacted divorce
0: lawyers.
1: I got that. Shut thing. up. There's no I, way. No, I got it this morning when I got rolled out of bed. So. I don't know if that's tabloid esque or if there's some weight behind it. I don't know, but at the end of the day, I fear that the royal family might be getting in Harry's head.
0: Hmm. I don't think so.
1: I didn't we'll read see. the article, but at the end of the day, it is what it is. And
0: I didn't uh, get that update, but okay.
1: That's because you have an iPhone and iPhones fucking suck.
0: I have an iPhone. Yeah, I was going to say.
1: Oh, well. Currently, I guess because of my stupidity, uh, Apple will not be sponsoring Literature Reapers. I'm sorry for all of you out there that own Apple. So. um,
2: Anyway, we
1: digress. Yes. So, again, great job with your description, Shanna. <laughs> um, I mean, let's just rip the band-aid right off to get it, go- get it started. Do you guys feel the graphic violence in the first chapter adds to or diminishes from the story?
0: I mean, I think it adds to it. It's it's awful. It's traumatizing, but there's, there's no way for you to become invested in Carl Lee if you don't get a very unsettling description of what happened to his child. Because it's one thing to say someone attacked my kid. It's another thing to sit there and describe play by play what happened. You're not gonna feel his rage or feel empathy for him if you don't know what happened.
1: I can get that I can get behind what you're saying there. And at the same I had one person who shall remain nameless, honestly, because it is what it is and I'm not trying to pick fights but they're like well they he didn't have to go as far as he did with his, the, the description that it, you could have gone to a certain point and that would have been enough. No, not really because you really, really in this story need to understand the brutality and the, it, it adds to the rage in Carl Lee's heart. To do what he, I mean, you have to have something horrifically evil happen to somebody that you love to go to that. Yeah. I think they
2: wanted, like Amanda said, you know, they ha- in order to get us invested, I think that they had to kind of take it to that extreme. You know, to kind of punch you in the yeah. gut to open up the book because then you want that justice for Carly. You're invested, you know you have every time you talk they talk about the crime you picture that in your head and that's if they didn't have that i don't know if the you know the narrative of what happened to tanya would have Mm. been enough to carry that sympathy throughout an
0: 800 and some right book because here's the thing about this okay we know in real life Carly Haley would have gone to prison. As much as it sucks, our law, like they say in the book and the movie, does not allow for vigilante justice. So, in order for this story to even seem plausible, John Grisham needs the reader to want those guys to die just as much as Carly does. Yeah, and that's how you get there. If you don't feel that same rage towards those guys, the rest of the story doesn't work because it's already. Far fetched. It's and not John, your book. <laughs> yeah. And John Grisham is such a good legal writer, you know, that it's like, I, I like it's just the only way for the story to be plausible is for you to hate them as much as everybody else in the book does.
1: Yeah. Um, without the hatred in your heart, the story really has absolutely zero purpose out in the fucking world. I mean, you can kind of sort of throw a little bit of paint on the wall and hope that it sticks, but you really got to slap that shit on with a thick paintbrush to make the picture become as vivid as it needs to be to make the subject matter as thought provoking and discussion worthy as some of the stuff needs to be.
2: And I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb here and I know we're not discussing the movie at all but I'm you can't really have one without the other with this movie because they when I watched the movie I watched the movie years ago for the first time and I remember just you know feeling that gut pain mm-hmm. and then we read this book and you got a very distinct and descriptive idea of the crime against Tanya and then you go back and watch the movie again and the scenes where they close up on the tree or her shoes or whatever <laughs> And you hear her, and you're getting those visuals in your head, that will fuck with you. It'll fuck you right up because you have that, like, all encompassing, you know, like everything is just hitting you all at once. Yeah.
1: This is the shit that I have said long before Amanda and I even met each other. The fact, some of the most fucked up shit that you will ever experience cinematically, in horror movies. And, and this is why I love books like this, because it's words on a page. You are the one that psychologically creates mm-hmm. those things. Mm-hmm. It's not what you see on the screen. I mean, what the you stuff see you see on that. the screen can be horrific, yes, but it's the stuff that screws with your head the most. I mean, the fact that you didn't see the shark in Jaws until the last, what, 15 minutes of the movie? 10, 15 minutes of the movie?
0: Yeah, something like that.
1: And yet, look at what Jaws as a whole did for swimming in the ocean the summer that that came out. Mm -hmm. Nobody was swimming in the ocean that summer.
2: Look what this Um, movie and book did for the Ku Klux Klan. Nobody's in the Klan that comes out anymore.
0: That I oh know. Well, that's that's not really true anymore.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Donald yeah. Trump fixed that for some people. Yeah. Um, I mean in
2: Iowa it's not, but I'm sure when you go to, down into the deep south, I'm sure yeah. you know, it's a lot more prominent than it is here in
0: Podunk, Iowa. I think this and Mississippi burning both took a really good hit at yeah. the kkk but I think um
1: Ironically, I think both of them came out pretty much within a couple of years of each other. Sorry. Again,
0: yes, it's yeah, it's fine. Um I think the movie did. I mean, it it pretty much went there. And I think with Jake's monologue, they really took it as far as they could take it. Because that whole that whole closing statement doesn't work, even in the movie, if you don't. Like, mm-hmm. he has to tell the story for that to work.
2: And I was kind of upset that the monologue in the book wasn't Jake's. Yeah. It was the juror's. Yeah, and I I, but that took some of the power away because like that was behind a closed door. It wasn't really a statement to society, whereas, you know, Jake telling the story of what happened to this little girl was for everyone to hear.
0: Yeah, because everyone needed to hear it.
2: Right. And that made it so much more powerful than just a jury woman in a room full of 12 of her peers. You know, like that that diminished the power of it for me. I was a little upset with that.
1: I think it took away from the essence of the story that the fact that pretty much the book and the entire movie were Jake, it's Jake taking you on this journey through everything Mm -hmm. from, you know, the assault on Tanya to the verdict at the end of the movie and all of that and that story coming to an end. And then they kind of sort of twisted it on you mm-hmm. and took that away. And not to either, I mean, it, I don't necessarily think it completely ruined it per se, but I mean, it definitely took away, in my opinion, from the feel of.
2: Yeah. And another thing, bit. one thing I did really, really enjoy about the book is it did go into the backstory between Jake and, and Lester? Whereas mm-hmm. before, like when you don't have that backstory in the movie, like why is Jake going to bat so so quick for this dude? There really isn't any, like I kind of couldn't tie that, but I really love the Wait, way. Do you mean Lucian? No, Lester, or um, the, the
0: lawyer, Carly's
2: older brother that he oh, defended. Okay,
0: okay, okay, yeah. Um, you know, well, like even,
1: even in the book, they go more into in depth into the
2: No I'm saying that's what I liked about the book is they yeah. gave us that backstory. In the movie there was really no backstory. He just like, hey, you defended my brother once. You know, that was kind of the end of it. So you couldn't really get invested on, okay, why is Jake sticking his neck out for this dude? You know? Mm-hmm. So I really enjoyed that part of the move or part of the book. Because you know, yeah. you got to you got to see a lot more of Carly's family dynamic than you expect to. Mm-hmm. um you know like his relationship with his wife and his brother and his brother's wife and how you know all the the characters of Carly's family that it wasn't just about Tanya and Carly it was about the whole Lee family and how it impacted them you know the yeah. crime that Carly committed and then you know what happened to poor Tanya it wasn't just about Tanya and Carly. It had to do with the whole family and the book really put some of that focus back on the family.
1: Yeah. At the end of the day, I think the book goes a lot better into all of that than the movie does. And Obviously. nothing, nothing against the movie by any stretch of the imagination. But they
2: have, um, you know, there's
1: Samuel L. Jackson, but it's just, that movie is two and a half freaking hours long. Right. And, and with a you book, you make it of...
2: yeah, you make it as long as you need to to get all the information that you in, you need in there or that you want mm-hmm. in there. So you, you with a movie, you're kind of capped at that here's the golden window of time for length. And what can we put in yeah, this cause... that's going to capture the most, you know, ooze and ahs
1: essence of the story right
2: so they have to cut out so much so i think you know obviously like i said anybody who is our age has seen a time to kill undoubtedly i mean at some point in time they've seen it at least once so not everybody our age has read the book so i really would encourage anybody who's watched the movie to go out and pick up this book because you think you know the story. But when you read it, there's so many nuances. And the, the movie makes so much more sense when you have the full backstory. So as someone who has, you know, watched the movie, I do recommend the book. And that's not, that's kind of hard to do sometimes because you don't really have a reason to read the book once you've watched the movie. But in this one, there's so much like, the movie's the cliff notes, and the book is the story.
1: Well, I mean, at the end of the day, too, it, this, both the movie and the book, and this is, there's a read I know we haven't brought this up either, but the fact that I need to get a hold of Dre, and I'll probably message him while we're working through the rest of this episode and get it set up, but um, I really hope I can get him for a little bit next week and we can get the crossover episode done because I really think this is one of the instances where the book needs to be discussed, the movie needs to be discussed. And I know for shits and giggles purposes, Dre wants to be involved in the movie discussion. If only for the fact, that, and I know it's more than this, but there is a line in this movie that Dre absolutely loves. and That isn't in the book. Lawlessly that, no, it's not. But, I mean, that the line given in the movie, though, completely sums up one of the thought-provoking, thought-provoking topics of the whole entire story, movie or book, period. Yes, they deserve to die, and I hope they burn in hell. I mean, at the end of the day, did was carly justified in doing what he did is he a sane or insane character
0: well we know he's sane. i mean mean, he so and i think the reason the movie had to have him have that outburst and that line is because we don't in the movie we don't get the premeditation in the book i mean yeah he goes to jake and kind of sort of hints that he might do something In the book, he's like, "I'm gonna kill these mofos." He even called the fucking sheriff. Yeah, this is how I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna go across state lines to buy this gun. So and so is gonna show me blueprints of the building. Like he really premeditated, planned, thought this out. So him getting off on insanity—it's like
1: he's a lucky motherfucker.
0: You're glad because you feel in your heart that justice was served but you're not glad because really justice wasn't served because it was a lie he was not crazy he was a pissed off father and if he had been white he probably wouldn't at least in that time he wouldn't have gone to prison this yeah uh, this book really i mean obviously maybe two but really centers on this idea it's very it's a very male driven story it's it's a really old school thinking of I'm a man. I'm a father. I will do whatever I have to do to protect my daughter. And if something happens to her, I'm going to go avenge her. And it's like, that's all well and good, but it's almost like they're patting, you know, they're patting him on the back for it. And like, you know, some people are, it's just, it's a very twisted way of thinking that you think it's okay to do that. You know, we all say we want to, obviously I would want to, but would you really do it? I mean... I don't know. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't either. Because as
2: a mom, I deserve justice, and I would not want to take that away from someone else. Like, their mom, even though they are pieces of garbage turds... Yeah. Their moms still deserved that process of justice. Right. You know, there's no... Even though the men are pieces of shit, the parents are pieces of shit, everybody deserves even if you don't think that they do they do
0: i mean if the thing is if if we don't all deserve it then none of us deserve it and it yep. sucks because yeah watching this and thinking about something like that happening to my daughter of course my first thought is i'm gonna fucking kill somebody but if they don't deserve due process then you do i deserve you. it exactly yeah. I mean, it's part of what our country is founded on, and one of the few things that we're all supposed to be entitled to, although clearly it's still not always the case, especially for people of color, but you have to let the system work and hope that it works. Otherwise, I mean, it's just chaos. We're in the wild then, west again.
2: If it doesn't do what you're, it's supposed to do, then you go all sally field and eye for an eye.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: But at I'll least help- the due process... Was processed. Now my whoop ass is going to get processed.
1: Exactly. If yes, smell... man Never and mind. I need you to never do um, that again. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, I mean, I guess we kind of sort of jumped the shark on my next question. Oh, and, sorry. <laughs> well, no, you're fine. I mean, I, I love it when I don't necessarily have to have bam, 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 bam. I mean, I have a sheet of questions sitting here in front of me, but when the discussion naturally just free flows from one question into the next, it works and probably makes the show seem a lot more natural anyway. But that was one of the things I wanted to discuss, though, is um, what we feel we've learned from this book about the way the legal system works. And as an overall has your attitude changed at all towards the legal system at all?
0: Because of the book? Yes. No, I mean, it's fiction.
1: Well, I mean, obviously you take that equation out of it. I mean, that wasn't necessarily where I was going with the question, but. Um...
0: I mean, if it were real, he would have gone to prison. So that's, that's kind of, that's what right. I think. Because it's fiction, I'm not mad at it, but, you know.
1: Well, I mean, obviously, Grisham had a clean slate of creativity that he could work with to do whatever he wanted to with the story. And And he uh,
0: he has definitely picked some... Like, a lot of his books are... uh, Like, The Firm. The Firm is a lot more realistic. You could definitely see that shit happening and a lot of it probably does, but like this and like Runaway Jury, Runaway Jury is one of my favorite books of his. It's one of my favorite movies, even though they change the the subject matter. Either way, it's something you would like to see happen, but it's something that will never happen. And so it's like you write this legal stuff and you're sitting there reading it going, man, I really wish one person could take on the whole tobacco you know, conglomerate and take them down. It's not really going to ever happen. There's too much money involved. Hashtag then,
2: Aaron Brockovich.
0: Well, yeah. But when it comes to t- tobacco, I mean, it's like, and in the movie, it's, you know, the gun lobby, it's the NRA. You're not, it's, it's, it's a nice idea. And I'm glad it's in a book and it's fun to, you know, cheer along for them, but that shit's not really going to happen. About, yeah. So he he goes back and forth in a lot of his writing on stuff that's realistic and more like, man, how fucking cool would it be if this happened? But obviously it can't.
2: Right.
1: I would agree, one hundred percent with what. One I just thing said. I
0: didn't like is like
2: how it was either he was not guilty because of insanity, or first degree murder. Like, wasn't, why wasn't there like a voluntary manslaughter in there or, uh, you know, cause obviously the assault on his child is, you know, extenuating circumstances, you know, that might make, if let's say you, Casey had a daughter who was, you know, brutally attacked and he, he had, you know, his daughter, I don't know what I was going to say there
0: i think i i know what you're trying to say what you're trying to say was it why is it either first-degree murder or yeah. not guilty at all like why weren't there well i mean obviously you've got um what's his face why did i blank on his name you know lobbying for governor and he wants to make sure he that thinks is this is a, he thinks this is a slam dunk and he can you know take care of it why would they offer something lesser when in their minds i mean
1: it's an open it, shut case yeah
0: I mean, it wasn't, yeah, if, and in real life, too, if he had been, you know, first of all, if he was found not guilty by reason of insanity, they wouldn't have just let him walk out. No. Like, that doesn't happen, y'all. Come on. Especially if it's, like, murder. Right. But even even if, he would probably still get, like, you know, something else, like involuntary manslaughter or even manslaughter. Like, so, yeah, it's. Again, another unrealistic part of the story. But yeah, it, it doesn't make for as good of a story as All or Nothing.
2: And one thing well, I didn't like, too, is, is a like comparison to the movie and the book. And I know, smack my hand. Don't do that. But <laughs> I really was not a fan of the way that they portrayed Roark in the book. She seemed like she basically threw herself at Jake the entire book. Yeah. Even though she knew he was married, you know, she was flighty and they kept talking about how she didn't wear bras. And, you yeah. know, she, like, what, why? Okay. But in the movie, Sandra Bullock, I mean, she was fierce. I mean, no. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't her throwing herself mm. at Jake. Was there flirting? Absolutely. But nice. she wasn't like throwing herself at him and being all gross about it.
1: Yeah, it's blatantly obvious in the book. Yeah, yeah, and her resume is a
0: lot more padded in the movie
1: too. Yeah, it's very much implied in the movie, and I could see if you hadn't read the book before, or how maybe in the movie, you might not necessarily go there mentally if you're not piecing everything together with a strong creative mind, but.
2: And how in the book, how the yeah. fuck are they drinking that much? <laughs> That's what wow. we do in the South, yo. Oh my goodness. It's like every three minutes, just get one of those funny straws and just, and a beer helmet and just walk around that way. That way you can continue to
0: pace. That's not classy.
1: Have you not seen Matthew McConaughey in his early adult years? All right, all right, all right.
0: That's Magic Mike. Gross. Gross. <laughs> oh yeah yeah and it's interesting that in the book he like jake immediately takes her on as his you know apprentice but in the movie he's like fighting it off for a while like Uh i don't know but jake wants to be this white knight wants to do everything on his own and wants to be the one to come in and save like white knight no pun intended but wants to come in and you know be the voice for the black people and and be the man that gets a black man a fair trial in the south and Mm -hmm. which is why i love the whole speech about you know the law's not impartial because we're human and we see things how we see things you know
2: and another thing that makes me absolutely furious is like they did mickey mouse
0: wrong they really did
2: i mean he did all that good stuff you know, helping and saving lives. And then in the book, they're just going to barbecue him. Seems excessive and rude.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I feel like he should have gotten a a lesser punishment for saving people's lives. Like Maybe
2: maybe he got sideswiped by a car and broke a rib with the mirror. I could handle that. I'd be like, yeah, it sucks (laughs) to be you Mickey, but you know, shit happens. But they literally set him on fire.
0: Yeah, that's insane.
2: <laughs> like <laughs> his
1: ass is on fire. <laughs>
2: but yeah, that that really bugged me because I was rooting for Mickey Mouse. I was like, fuck Mickey, yeah. Do your thing, Mickey. You're so fine.
0: You're so <laughs> fine. Some people's minds didn't get blown up in a house.
2: Yeah. So <laughs> like, I don't know. Like I would have liked for him to sweep in on a, a stallion of power and sweep Roark off her feet and they go have redneck babies, but that probably didn't happen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Did it ding, 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 ding.
0: <sighs>
2: I need to come visit uh, Amanda so I can scope out some real redneckery.
0: I can take you to some places.
1: Yes. Yes, she can. <laughs>
2: we already Dude. have plans. <laughs> Literally, I'm
1: not I'm not going to lie, but Sunday while I was in Texas, we went downtown Dallas to go see the JFK assassination site and we're walking back and we went through a gift shop. No, it was while we were at the freaking JFK gift shop. And I had to go use the restroom. And theres it's weird. You have to go out of the damn store and down this hall. And This
2: is the most oddly specific story ever.
1: <laughs> oh, no. It adds to the whole significant thing. <laughs> there's this fucking literally bathroom deep in the heart of this big-ass fucking building where this gift shop is at. Deep in the heart I- I not- of
0: Texas. <laughs>
1: oh, Lord. You open the door and walk into this fucking bathroom, and it literally looks like the fucking bathroom in the original Saw movie. I shit you. Know, if it wasn't for the fact that my bladder was about to explode, I literally would turn around and fucking ran.
0: That's interesting because that place down there has been redone a lot. Like especially like where we went and ate lunch. I'm surprised it was that shady. That must it be.
1: It was shady. It was creepy and. I peed as fast as I could and got the hell out of there. Sign
2: me up. That was, okay. sounds like that time I went on the first date in the escape chamber. Oh. And it was the, it was called the cellar, and <laughs> we were we we're the only two in there, and I literally got handcuffed to uh, my blind date. Oh,
0: okay.
2: It was awful. Dude didn't say a fucking word, and then all of a sudden I would hear him go, "Huh." <laughs> all right then. <laughs> yeah.
1: I believe the phrase you're looking for is anyway. (laughs)
2: Hashtag what was his name? (laughs) Oh. I don't don't remember his name now. Well shit.
0: Anyway, Casey, what's your next question? Who?
1: (laughs) Well I think we pretty much covered all the questions that I had written on my sheet in some way, shape or form. So I know we've already kind of sort of discussed it, but um, let's take a moment to give our ultimate wrap-up and rating for the book and let the listeners know whether, well, obviously we've said it. I mean, whether they need to definitely pick this book up and read it or not, but um, Amanda, I will let you go first this time and okay. rate and review the Grisham masterpiece.
0: I think, you know, um, it's it's a very good book. There are definitely parts that are slow or maybe a little too descriptive, but overall, I really like the character arcs. They really do, uh, you know, John Grisham does a good job of investing you in multiple characters not just like jake and carly kind of like shanna said um and all the different relationships you know are explained a lot better um there was something i wanted to say and i forgot what it is i you know i think there's a couple of things in the movie that i kind of wish had happened in the book like the you know, I yes, they deserve to die, and I hope they burn in hell. But also the the way that Roark gets the information um, about the the, psych, the state psychiatrist, because in the book it's just like, oh, you know, they didn't use Google, but they basically Googled it. You know, they just researched public records. Whereas, and that would be easier. Whereas in the movie, she you know plays a damsel in distress, breaks in this guy's office. None of that would be admissible in court, like. <laughs> So in the movie I'm going, um, she can't just walk in and hand him something and then like, you know what I mean? But it makes for mm-hmm. good movies. Anyway. I really enjoyed it. I wouldn't say it's my favorite John Grisham book, but it's definitely probably in the top five. Um, so yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I think people should read it, especially if they they like this story. You know, it's obviously goes a lot deeper into you know racism and you know i i find the book to be a little bit sexist but other than that absolutely
2: i was gonna say <laughs> you said racist and i was gonna be like and sexism the,
0: yeah i i find this book to be highly sexist but it's also the deep south and the bible belt where that's how some people still live women are to be seen and not heard and The dads are in charge. The fathers can do whatever they want. And, you know, so I'm going to give it a four and a half out of five stars.
1: Shanna?
2: Can you imagine me being in any kind of relationship where someone expects me to be seen and not heard? (laughs) No.
1: Not going to happen. No. Ever. At the end of the day, no.
2: I am a shanimal. I can't be contained.
1: You Even know what at we the end of the day, if somebody expects that, that you're just going to kick the freaking door down and be like, ta-da! Mm-hmm. I'm the Kool-Aid oh, man.
0: Before before Shanna goes, I just realized, I mean, we kind of like talk, danced around it and talked about it, but just point blank, w- would you have done what Carly did?
2: I sure the fuck would want to, but I don't think I would. Same.
1: Yeah. Um...
2: I would probably go as far as to like make mental plans. and You know, like fantasize about how I would do it. It wouldn't just be like, oh, I wish I could kill him. I would probably actively play out the scenario in my mind in several different ways. You know, I wouldn't and then I would be like, okay, this is why I would get caught. is because I'm fat as shit and I can't run. <sighs> You know, I...
0: Okay, well, do you think... Okay, do you think he was justified? If you were on the jury, would you have convicted him? Yes, I would have.
2: Because no... In the eyes of the law, we are all equal. And there is nothing that makes their lives... Less than someone else's just because they're pieces of shit. They're still, no one has the right to take another life. Yeah. So regardless of whether that person has harmed you in some way or, you know, you still do not have the right to take their life. That's not up to you. So I, like I said, I would fantasize about it. Not in a sexual way. I don't (laughs) care. Uh. (laughs) Liar! I don't
0: think. Hey, Billy Ray Cobb, let's tie you to a tree and have some fun. Yeah. (laughs)
2: Let's just caveat that with, you know, I don't think.
0: (laughs) I wouldn't do it. And if I was on the jury, I would have convicted him. If I was an outsider, I would have said, fuck yeah, you go Carly. Yeah. Okay, Okay, this is
2: going to sound super, super dumb and oddly specific, but when you face forward, Amanda, it looks like you have space buns, and then you have two little ribbons on each side of your head that won't move. (laughs) (laughs) Little ribbons are like the same color as your wall, so it
0: looks like (laughs) it just... I don't see ribbons. You're fucking high, dude.
2: Oh, I am, (laughs) but um, do you... like? On your headphones, the silver part, it looks the same color as the wall.
0: Okay. Shanna was
1: going to record a podcast, but then she got high.
2: (laughs) Shanna still recorded the podcast, even though she was high. All right, Um, Shanna, do your review.
1: (laughs) At the end of the day, I will say really quick, as emotional as I can get, yeah, I would like to believe that I would exactly what Carl Lee did. I also know because of, and for those of you listening and not, obviously you're not watching because we're not releasing the video, um, I am a klutz as hell, and I would, if I even tried to do that, I would probably bungle it and end up shooting myself in the long run. So, it is what it is. Um, As a jury member, if you go specifically by the letter of the law and what your responsibility is as a member of said jury, then yeah, you have no choice but to unfortunately convict Carl Lee of doing what he did. What happened to him and his family is horrifically tragic and nobody deserves to have to go through that. Yeah. And but that also at the same time unfortunately does not give him the right to step in front of the legal system and supersede their responsibility to society to fix the wrong.
2: If he felt that he can't sit there and say that he deserves a fair trial for killing someone because he didn't think they'd get, you know what I mean? Yeah. At
1: the end of the day, he's not judge, jury and executioner. He needs to let the judge and the jury do their job. And at the end of the day, if they don't, then I'm okay with him being, deeming himself the executioner and doing what he did.
2: I, yeah, I really enjoyed this book. I would give it probably, I'd be good to give it a four and a half, like Amanda. I really think the book experience was enhanced by watching the movie. Um, Mm -hmm. So I would definitely recommend, you know, if you've not read the book, read the the book. And then obviously, you know, if you want to watch the movie again, cool. But the two go hand in hand very, very well as far as giving you visuals when you kind of need to tap out on the description from the book. Then I think, you know, that gives you the option. It's just, they play very well on each other and I really enjoyed the book in conjunction with the movie yeah it's a lot easier to read the book if you've seen the movie i think because you it's a very narrative story and when i'm reading a, a book i like to be able to visualize it like the characters not the horrific stuff but like because it's so character driven and not like actor driven i really enjoyed being able to compare the two and just kind of okay follow along with the story because the the book was kind of very very stringent
0: and very saturated with information.
2: Yes. Yes, it was very court heavy and sometimes that can get kind of tedious and a little bit boring. So I,
1: I don't remember which of the two of you i brought this up with but yeah, it there's points in the book where it slows down significantly and it's like seriously can we get going with we know what's gonna what needs to happen
2: right we pick up the
1: pace a little bit here John
2: so yeah so, I go four and a half a good solid four and a
0: half
1: yeah well there's truth be told nothing unsolid about The book or the movie as a whole. I mean we'll get to the movie when Dre messages me back. But um as far as the book goes, yeah, it's a great book. I would put it probably somewhere in my top three to five Grisham books. This is Um, my first
0: Grisham. Really? Really? Yeah. Ooh. You gotta read the client next, I think. Because all of those Grisha
2: movies came out
0: at the the same same time. time.
2: Right. And not only that, but I was, you know, and it was the time in my life where I didn't have a week to invest in a book. So, Ooh, movie, I'll watch that. And then, you know, it's not the kind of movie you're like, Oh my God, I have to go see that. I have to go read that book right now. You know, unless you're a weirdo like us where we do that to ourselves, you know, so, and I
1: there's just points where the movies and the book are not great adaptations either. The firm, there's an awful lot of liberties that were taken in that adaptation as well. Yeah. Not that it's a horrible And I just, the, uh, the movie's a good movie. Really, the book is a good bo- book, but
2: I just never really, this is my first Grisham because, like I said, <coughs> I read or I watched all of them and. Now, I don't know if I would invest, you know, a week's worth of my reading time on a story that I already knew. There's no big, like, yeah. plot twist that uh-huh you like, Who, no, whodunit, like, re- big reveal. It's just a scenario, you know. So there's no reason, like, I've got to see what the different ending is or the alternate ending.
0: Yeah.
2: Like, I'm good. Like, mm. I've, seen the, I've seen the story. I can just put it on my bookshelf so it looks pretty and move on.
1: That's true. I will say this, um, I'm definitely intrigued, and I don't know how the two of you feel about it, but um, whether we do it for Reapers or not, um, within the next year or so, I definitely want to venture into uh, Sycamore Row and uh, Time for Mercy. Mm. being book two and book three in the Jake Brigant's series. Yeah. And see what's in store for Jake going ahead. Um, I know the little bit, the brief plot descriptions I've read online and whatever, they seem like interesting stories, but, you know, it is what it is, and at the end of the day, I've got to find Ways to fit that into everything. So, and I just um, want
2: to take a quick second too to talk about. I don't remember his name, but the prosecutor, played by Kevin Spacey, can we take a minute and Rufus? Rufus, yes, Rufus. How smarmy he was in the book! Like, absolutely yeah. just smarmy. Like Kevin Spacey, he was smarmy. He was like, "Oh, he's a dick," but he yeah. wasn't like he wasn't.
1: Marmy. No, I think you, definitely there's distinct qualities of both Rufus's the book and the movie Rufus. Yeah. Um, in the movie you get sleek and sleazy Kevin Spacey. But yes, Smarmy is probably a really good way of describe because he seems an awful lot worse. In yeah, the book. Then he comes across in the movie.
0: He's like, just so, before you stepped outside yourself to watch yourself kill those two men, <laughs> like, you asshole. Right? Uh, Shannon, read the Innocent Man. It's a true crime story. It's his only nonfiction book. It was a docu series too. It happened <laughs> in my home state.
1: I think, and it's not I, a long. Yeah, I think read it's my
2: uh to be read list on the library.
1: It's good. I might have a second copy floating around the house. <laughs> <laughs> that well, actually say- was not a lost thing. That was more a... I got a gift box of books from my aunt, who mm. is a bigger bibliophile than I am. Nice. And one of the books that was in it was Dennis a Man. And I already had a copy of it, so...
0: I think we
1: not float around if I find it it's yours. Yeah.
0: The client and runaway jury I think are worth reading and the innocent man but that's just me.
1: Ooh, oh I, and they're...
0: the the um oh is it called I, th- I think it's called the judge's list. It's it's kind of I th- it feels similar to Pelican Brief. It's about it's like um judges like justices getting knocked off like getting killed because they're i don't know it was interesting anyway
1: keep talking i'm keep talking i'm googling
0: oh well anyway i just it's a newer one um i thought it was pretty good there was a time when i was super into john grisham like i was really into it was when i was a criminal justice major so
2: and This was like a time period when there was a lot of movies that kind of had this, you know, very conspiracy theory, you know, like the movie conspiracy theory or the net or, you know, all those, you know, Pelican Mm -hmm. Brief.
0: I love the Pelican Brief. Yes.
2: Just like all of the, you know, that was just a time period that that kind of stuff, like the suspense movies, they killed it. Yeah.
0: For sure. Now I want to go have a Grisham Marathon. Okay.
1: (laughs) the judge list. Yeah. So yes, there is a book out there with that title. So, um, great, great, great book. Um, Like I said, top three to five Grishams, in my opinion. If you haven't read it and you like reading, I highly recommend you go pick it up or take your chances at um, being the first person to review this episode and win Amanda's extra copy of the book as well. If you have the means,
0: I highly recommend picking one up.
1: It is so choice.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It is premiere.
1: So um, I will supersede both of you and I will give it a 4.6. Hope's that it dies and hopes that it burns in hell. And with an average overall score of 4.5333333 stars out of five, we can officially say that your literature reapers think that you definitely need to pick this book up and check it out and read it. It's definitely a worthwhile read. It might take a little bit. To it would actually to it. be 4.63333. Oh, whatever. My math sucks. And I used a calculator and I probably did it wrong. So (laughs) at the end of the day. um, Yay. Great, great episode and great read. I highly enjoyed picking this book and getting us through it. Speaking of picking books, though, um, I'm going to open the floor up for Miss Shan Banana and have her let the listeners know what we will be reading
2: next. I'm going to have to defer that to one of you two
0: because I forgot.
1: (laughs) I
2: also
0: forgot because I don't have the book yet. I'm on a wait list library.
2: Yeah, Casey already cracked into it.
0: Okay.
1: I'm literally halfway done.
0: Okay, well then you tell us. Yeah, tell us what my pick is. I think I'm going to have to buy it because the wait list at the library was like even the digital wait list is like there's like eight people ahead of me. (sighs)
1: <sighs> it's digital. Just give it to you and let you That's what I'm
0: saying. It. How is there a wait list for digital copies? Like physical copies I get, but I don't yeah. know. Whatever.
1: Literally digital literature should be putting libraries and bookstores completely out of business. God, I hope it doesn't put bookstores out of business because at the end of the day, I love going. Hey, th- there's enough of us
0: bibliophiles and- to save. And especially with TikTok now, there's enough of us to save bookstores.
1: Uh huh. Right.
0: book talk is so,
1: real um,
0: bookstagram is real so
1: we will be discussing let me pull up to make sure I have all of the information correctly so if people would like to pick up a copy of the book and read along with us so they know what we're talking about it is an amazing story so far that is set on the coast of washington which ironically is where one of your three reapers happens to live and shanna picking this book particularly um caused me to change my next selection from a semi-local based There it is. Um, Literature piece. But um, we will be reading The Last Word by Taylor Adams.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Very briefly, for those of you who might care to know, after posting a negative review of a horror novel, a woman staying in an isolated beach house begins to wonder if the author is a little touchy or very, very dangerous in this pulse-pounding novel of psychological suspense and terror from the critically acclaimed author of No Exit and Hairpin Bridge. I won't go any more into the plot than that. So that's what we have coming up in episode three.
2: I obtained my copy off of Book of the Month. I sent you that link if you wanted to get it
0: for five bucks. I should do that. Oh, I wanted to say real quick, I was mixing up the judge's list with another one of his books called The Last Juror. Both are good, but The Last Juror is the one where people are being killed. Like this guy goes to prison and then after he's paroled, the jurors start getting picked off.
1: Yes, they deserve to die and I hope they burn in (laughs) hell.
0: (laughs) So anyway, okay.
1: I can't do it Last it Hopefully, Dre will.
0: Shannon, will you send me that link again? I, think I, I, just, well. I just seem to buy it. Yeah, I will send that to you all. Thank you.
1: That way, hopefully, we can be back talking about another book in less than a month's time. But at the end of the day, yes, I am very excited for the next book. So far, I'm, like I said, halfway into it, and it's not a bad read. I'm looking forward to seeing what you ladies have to say about it when next we convene. For episode three of Literature Reapers with Casey, Amanda, and Shanna. And, um, shameless plug time for you ladies. Would you like to bring up anything that you may or may not have coming up on SIP List? Crime Rewind. Um, obviously, we talked about what's coming up on Literature Reapers.
2: I just really want some chips and dip.
1: Nice. Oh, you got the munchies
0: um, oh my God, the munchies are real. I like ate my body weight and food yesterday so I can I can't do this I thought I thought the gummies would be a good substitute for alcohol like to help with not ingesting so many calories nope nope um on the sip list coming up um we will have a first time guest and we will be doing top five home invasion movies um oh and then another first-time guest from the Vintage Rewind podcast, I believe. It's all about eighties um, movies. We'll be coming on, and we'll be doing some sort of eighties movie top five. We haven't picked one yet, but um, so those are on the horizon.
2: So I have a question. Yes. Yes. What do you consider a home invasion? Is it any time that somebody breaks into a home with someone there, regardless of what the the criminal intent is? Or do you think it has to be like a breaking into the home specifically to rob someone?
1: Can I ask a question? What? If we hear this weekend about Pedro's house getting broken into, <laughs> we need to put family together, Shan. Yeah.
2: Sorry to go fund me. I would <laughs> say. Help it pay ha- for Shanna's dumbassery.
0: <laughs> it has to be somebody breaking into a home with nefarious intent
2: regardless of what the nefarious intent is
0: correct
1: so kidnapping Pedro Pascal is nefarious yeah it depends on what I
0: never mind um, <laughs> but like like what do you have in mind that's making you ask that
2: well no I'm just trying to define okay. it so like if let's say I break into your house with nefarious intent but I don't know your home is that a bri- is that like robbery or I you mean, know it's or still it's, a
0: home invasion
2: Right, but what if I didn't know it was a home invasion because I didn't
0: know you were home? You still broke into my house. Who cares if I'm home or not?
2: I wasn't planning on like running into you.
0: <laughs> I mean, if you break into my house, it doesn't matter if I'm here or not. You still broke into my house.
2: But the home invasion—I don't know. I think with the home invasion, someone has to be home.
0: I think somebody has to be home too. Otherwise, it's—it's not a fun. I mean, you know, like It's <laughs> not fun. <laughs> but like panic room or violent night or um, yeah cabin in the woods or last house on the left although that's not really home invasion they invite them in right so i don't know But,
2: but like do you think if i broke into your house and they're like we're gonna charge you with like home invasion rather than breaking and entering You know, because Amanda was home, do you think I could get like away with it? Because it'd be like, dude, I didn't know she was home. Well, first of
0: all, home invasion isn't a real criminal charge. (laughs) It's just breaking and entering, and I don't think it matters if people are home. Now, if you break in if you break and enter my house and then assault me, then you're gonna get more charges. But breaking and entering is breaking and entering, whether they're home or not. Oh. But we could make home invasion a real charge and charge you with it. That could be fun.
2: That could be (laughs) fun.
0: Anyway, you're we can't hear you, buddy. Now you're muted.
1: I might
0: there we that. go. My tangent was long.
1: <laughs> <laughs> because Amanda had insulin pump problems last night, she had to dip out on our Caddyshack episode and didn't get to hear the fact that I'm bringing back the coming soon on an evening at the movies portion of my conclusion coming soon on an evening at the movies, a time before crossover from Justin to Kelly with yes, stretch and get comfortable. We're yep. going to just from Justin to Kelly with Kendra, um, Chansey from paranormal, the new normal and M cubed will be on to discuss Texas chainsaw massacre. Part two, we will be doing pirates of the Caribbean part two with Vanessa Uh, Slay of the Stars will be on to discuss the OG Scream. We are currently in the midst of Tom Hanks, the greatest Tom Hanks movie of all time, tournament, as well. Uh, Amanda and I need to get the results for the first round recorded so that we can get those released as well. You know what? I'm not going to go into all the other ideas that I have coming up for after.
2: Out of all of those, I did not hear Cool as Ice.
0: Oh.
1: Out of all of those, also coming up on An Evening at the (laughs) Movies, Shanna will be joining us to discuss the Vanilla Ice mega-classic, Cool as Ice.
2: Academy Award Snub of the Century.
0: (laughs) You
1: have had too much weed. Yeah.
2: Wow. Ah, The hair alone. The hair alone.
1: All right. One more quick idea. When I release the episode, I'm going to throw together a topic, discussion topic for everybody else because I still haven't freaking done it yet. And we're two episodes into this. I don't have a closing tagline for the damn show. If you guys come up with a tagline or an idea for a tagline, I would like to throw it out there to be discussed and possibly used for the show. We would greatly appreciate it. So, in the meanwhile, because I don't have one, I'm going to wrap the show up by stealing the tag, the closing tagline from An Evening at the Movies.
0: Wait, hold on. What about if you want to reap the benefits, come back for more Literature Reapers? <laughs> if you want to reap the benefits of books,
1: <laughs> we'll go with If you want to reap the benefits of books, come back for another episode <laughs> of Literature Reapers. Have a good time, guys. You know what we should do?
2: Deuces. (laughs) Each week, go round, like, you know, do round robin. And each week, we're each assigned with coming up with a ridiculous closing tagline. It
0: has to do with the book we read.
2: Yeah. just Something just off the walls dumb.
1: Not a bad idea. I vote for the fact that why not do it where, like, next episode is Shanna's book. So... Amanda and I have to come up with the idea of what closing tagline we will use for that episode. If you don't die and
0: burn in hell, come back to Literature Reapers. Right? (laughs)
1: Because that's not fitting. So definitely come back and join us next time for another amazing episode of Literature Reapers. Peace and hair grease. We will see you next time.
0: Nooses. Bye! I'm <laughs> um, alright me. me Oh no no I- <laughs>